News Talk, KBOI, covers the Idaho legislature, all of the issues, all of the debates. Today, we have Idaho State Senators joining Casper and Chris on News Talk, KBOI. 8.36. Good morning. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. And uh, on the phone line with us this morning... Senator uh, Janie Ward Engelking is uh, with us, District 18 in Boise. She's a member of the Senate Commerce and Human Resources Committee, member of the Senate Education Committee, Senate Finance Committee. Minority Caucus. Minority Caucus. Is there anything that you're not doing? I mean, (laughs) sounds like you need to get paid a little bit more. Well, that would be nice, but hey, it's all fun. Uh, thanks for being with us this morning. Um, I'm going to start things off here with something that uh, we've done a lot of talking, not just ourselves, but also uh, our listeners. And uh, it's something also that legislature, as we get underway and we're only a few weeks into the session, talking about school education vouchers slash savings accounts. I know uh, one side likes to call them vouchers. The other side likes to call them savings account. Um what what is going on this week? Uh, I know there hasn't been a vote or anything on it, but what are some of the discussions that you're involved in? Well, it is really a hot topic, and um, you know, and it's being uh, sold to the public in the guise of um, choice for parents. But the reality is, the Heritage Foundation rated Idaho third in the nation on their Freedom Report card for education. So we have tremendous amount of choice in this. In this state, we have uh, 76 public charter schools. We have uh, we have career technical. We have apprenticeships. We have internships. We have open enrollment. We have an empowering family grant, flexible schedules, and online opportunities and homeschools. And that's all for high school. I mean, and career technical. We have tremendous amount of choice already in Idaho for parents. So really, the only thing we aren't doing is we aren't sending public money to private religious schools. And in reality, we Article 9, Section 5 of the Idaho Constitution says we cannot. It's absolutely forbidden that any public money go to private secular schools. So, you know, we all vote, you know, we all vow to uphold the Idaho Constitution, and I take that very seriously. So I think this is a road that we should not go down. And We've also looked at other rural states that have tried it, and the cost for education is in some place tripled and with no real additional uh, positive outcomes. So I think, you know, we have to take a hard look at it and see if there's other opportunities we can uh, provide parents, but um, I don't think we go against the Constitution, Idaho Constitution. So that's kind of my stance on it. So just a... Follow up to this. Say, say you take out, you know, the the choice, like you said, where it's against the con- constitution for that money to flow into uh, religious schools. Say you take that uh, that out of it. Is there anything in the proposal that uh, you do like? Well, I couldn't. You know, I haven't seen the actual bill. There was an RS. Um, they made a motion yesterday in Senate Ed to try to move it to the agenda. And but it's still an RS form, so I have not actually seen the bill. We don't uh, get to see the bill until it's actually printed. Right. So I haven't seen it, but 
Um, I don't think there's anything in there other than being able to send $20 million to private religious schools. And, you know, once we open that door, we can't close it. That was the Supreme Court uh, decision, is if you open that door and you go down that road, you can't close it. So uh, right now we're currently underfunding our schools, our charter and traditional schools, especially when it comes to facilities. We have almost a billion dollars in deferred maintenance because uh, in reality, in order to build new schools or to and sometimes remodel them, um, you know, school districts have to run a bond or a levy and, you know, our property taxes are sky high right now and that's just not what any of our school districts can get passed. So we have to take a look at that first, I think, before we think about funding uh, other entities. What is the latest on uh, raising the pay of state employees? Um, yeah, that's interesting. It, we were set to meet yesterday and um, provide, you know, uh, a guidelines for JFAC to what to do with that. And um, we postponed the meeting. I think there's just uh, still a lot of uncertainty we know that we have a tremendous amount of turnover right now with state employees, and we have 2,500 vacancies in the state, jobs that we have not been able to fill. And it's basically related to um, we don't pay enough. We, don't, we're, we pay less than the city and the county. We pay less than private industry. And so we're having a hard time attracting and retaining our state employees. And some areas are really hit hard like nursing and the state police and IT people and engineers. So we're trying to find a pathway forward. But um, in reality, I think it's going to require that we invest more money in our salaries and our benefits. Senator, um, you've uh, been through uh, a few legislative sessions, and I know we're early into it, but you mentioned turnover. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, turnover in the legislature this year. Are you seeing any difference as far as uh, working with people? Is there less drama, more drama, or is it about the same as you get underway this year? Well, um, you know, I'm still getting to know a lot of um, my new colleagues, but um, and I'm, you know, I'm very impressed with the ones that I've gotten to meet and talk with, but I think there is more, um, a little bit more turmoil in the Senate than I've seen before. We usually, um, you know, seem to maneuver very easily through things and, and things are a little bit uh, different, but I'm hoping that they'll smooth out as people uh, get used to the decorum of the Senate, and it's a little bit different than the House. So I'm hoping things smooth out a little bit. But, yeah, it has been a little rockier start than usual. It was proposed by Speaker Moyle that uh, JFAC change the way it votes and have the Senate committee and the House committee vote separately. Is there a problem with this? I think there's a huge problem with that, and I think at this point um, – we found in statute that those changes can only be made in the interim. So we may kick that can down the road a little bit. But I think it's very problematic because if we split the vote and we require, um, you know, a majority in each the House and the Senate to get any bill passed, then it's not a simple majority anymore. But it also provides 
the opportunity for five people of either body to block um, the passage of a budget, even if 15 other people voted for it. And that's problematic for me. Um, you know, that's not what we what was intended when you have a joint committee. It's the majority rules. That's right. how it has always been. So, yeah, it's problematic. Senator Janie Ward, uh, Angle King, District 18 in Boise. Thank you for taking a few minutes with us uh, this morning, I'm sure, uh, because I think there's only two of you Democrats in the Senate that uh, will... T- <laughs> okay, that, that may be a stretch. Uh, but I'm sure we'll have a chance... <laughs> I'm sure we'll have a chance to talk to you again before the end of the session. I'd like that. And thank you for having me on this morning. Thank, thank you. you very much. KBY News Time is 844. We'll uh, take a quick break and uh, we'll hear from the Democratic side. First time, re- no, or we, from the we, Republican we, yeah, side. I was going to say, we um, just did that. First time, <laughs> Republican Senator Treg Burns, District 21 of, Boy- of Meridian, will be with us coming up here next.